0: Hello, and welcome back to Baby Shroom Pod, a podcast where I talk about whatever's on my mind. This week, I actually do kind of specifically talk about what uh, my hopes and plans were for this podcast and my art, and I'm talking about that this week with Sydney, who you might remember from episode two. Um... We talk about art and our process and how it relates to what we're experiencing right now, and then kind of the changes in the commodification of art in general and within our own lives. Um, And it was really fun. It's a longer episode, and there's a lot of loud laughter, but that's what made it even better. Um, I definitely want to do more episodes like this with Sydney of just like chewing the fat just talking about art um yeah it was really fun so anyway instead of rambling um without further ado here is my episode with sydney computer. hey hey
1: how are you how's your day been it's been it's been pretty good i uh, i decided to give myself an actual day off where I didn't do anything, so. What a good. concept. Are- nice. I know. <laughs> Like, don't I know that most days off, I have to create the great American novel? Oh, yeah, in that day. Like, it can't in be done day.
0: over a series of weekends or, like, just a tiny bit. T- that day, it needs to happen. Yep. Exactly. The
1: pressure is insurmountable. How are you?
0: I'm good. Um, yeah, my allergies have been just... Ugh awful and I think um even more so because I haven't really given myself a break either and so yesterday my body was like okay bitch isn't getting a message let's just lower her defenses as low as possible (laughs) so she feels like crap and stays in bed (laughs) and it worked I actually relaxed yesterday and I think that's why I feel better today
1: good good no it's necessary my sister would say that the moon was telling you to take the day off that's what she keeps telling me that the yep. moon is telling me to take the day off. So I'm glad we're both listening to the moon. We're trying, you know. We're trying. It's, it's hard, a daily you know? practice. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, I've
0: been reading the book that you got me for my birthday. Yeah. It's called Mexican Gothic, and I'll put it in the show notes. It is unbelievable. I'm I'm, I'm having so such glad. a good time. Um, and I think that's another reason I feel better today, because I relaxed this morning and read and drink coffee.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. I, um, that one I read the first like five chapters took me like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I got past that point and I just sat on my couch and read it until it was finished.
0: Yeah. That is what was happening today because that's exactly where I was and then I had to force myself to stop because I'm going to be so sad when I finish it oh my god and I didn't I'm really trying to like force myself to only read a few chapters at a time
1: well you know she has another one that's probably I mean maybe not as good but really close to as good Mm -hmm. and it's called gods of jade and shadow it's the same author Mm -hmm. yeah and it's about this like yeah no you should because same thing happened she she really reels you in and that one's about this girl who um ends up helping this like ancient Mayan god like yes. find his way back to the underworld yes. it's complicated but it's amazing <laughs> say no
0: more honestly if yeah. you had stopped after the first five words I'd be like yeah I'm gonna read that
1: You're Like, yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it takes me That's a very really good. long time to get myself reading because mm-hmm. it's so it like takes so much of my energy to finish a book Um, just because I get so emotionally invested so I'll take off like two months before I start another one unless it's an author I like then I'll read a couple of their books back to back Um, yeah but um, so I'm trying to make myself enjoy it as long as possible because
1: it's not that long (laughs) it's not it's not very long no I, I understand I do the same thing I get really attached to my books and when they when they end especially like I have probably 20 books where this happened but where it ended and it was like a dear friend had moved away mm-hmm. you know and you were never gonna like, see I know them again can... yeah. exactly and it's like I could reread it but it's not the same <laughs> yeah I've definitely <laughs> had that happen to me
0: <laughs> okay it's really comforting actually to hear you say that because I thought I'm like come on Monique you're making like a bigger deal than it is (laughs) but it's because it is it takes a lot out of me to be in that part and like be that involved in these characters and have such emotions for them um so people who just like read 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 it's crazy to me but I know this people have said that too and I think about it sometimes where like I'm working on a piece like a painting Mm-hmm. And um, if it's like a really intense one, when I finally finish it, it does feel like, oh, my soul. So like <laughs> this this idea of like social media that we should be producing all the time and have new content constantly is like the opposite to me of what art is. Because my best work is the stuff that I take forever to finish or I finish a series in, in one go. But it's so mm-hmm. emotional.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back to what we talked about last time where it's just, you know, we are not goods. We are Mm -hmm. not capital. We are people. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw this post recently that really resonated with me and I want to talk to you about, and it's that when did things like making art and singing and dancing become skills rather than behaviors? Yep. You know, why is this something I have to be good at? And it's not just a thing that people do, like birds sing. Right. You I know, think
0: it's this attachment to profits, attachment yeah. to money equals a better uh, way to live. Mm-hmm. Then we can't explore any of those things or, because it's, it's pointless because you're not making money off of it, which is just not true, but oh, yeah. It also feels true because if I could make a living off of my art, that's what I would do, but Mm -hmm. I
1: don't have it in me to deal with the life of making a living off of your art. Totally. No, and I, I really feel that too. And I feel like with storytelling, you know, which is my main medium Mm -hmm. is something that humanity has done since always. Yeah. And, you know, because money exists, I have to be amazing at it. And I, that expression that makes Mm -hmm. me want to rip my hair out don't ever do anything you do well for free fuck you right (laughs) I do everything I do well for free because otherwise I don't do it well
0: (laughs) yeah and also the idea of this like because it's so attached to money there's one version or like three versions of what's quote good at
1: something yeah
0: and it yeah because it is so hard to make make it out and stand out and be different Mm
1: -hmm. no absolutely absolutely I feel like um I don't know. I think it would be really cool. Like you say, I, I would love to make a living off of my writing. That'd be really cool. Cause then I wouldn't have to work and I wouldn't mm-hmm. have to do other things, mm-hmm. but like, I wonder how long it would take before I hated it.
0: Yep. I, I worry about that a lot. Because I have, I mean, it's crazy. Sometimes I think like I got my first job doing art when I was 15
1: mm-hmm. and I was
0: making money off of what I could do with film and photography and that that never has stopped it's come in like waves and it's changed, but I've always done that since like so young, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I forget like, that I'm used to falling in and out of love with art. And that I know that's just a part of it because whenever money is attached to it, that just happens. Um, And that it's really hard for people to discover that and stick with it. You know, And sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm like, man, I should be producing more stuff. I'm like, I've also been doing this like a really long time. It is okay for me to take my time with it. I don't want to ruin absolutely. it again.
1: No, absolutely. I think forcing, like last night I was trying to force myself to write and sometimes mm-hmm. that works. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's like you okay, have you have to. need to. Yeah, it's like sometimes you just gotta shit down, shit down, Jesus Christ, sit down, shut up, and do it. <laughs> you know, but we should reabbreviate that to shit down. Shit down <laughs>
0: equals sit down and get fucking working.
1: <laughs> sit down, shut up, and do it. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I shit down a horde today. <laughs> I got in the zone. I was shitting down so hard
1: do tongue twisters before you record anything i have yet to learn this on my own podcast but (laughs) (laughs) but um last night i was just i was obsessing and i was just trying to rewrite this thing and i was making my husband read this thing that i was writing and he was like okay, well, I think that there's about 14 different metaphors going on here. And I was like, shut up. Who asked you? And it was me. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay. I have to say something though. Sydney and Abby have the most quotable podcast like ever. The whole time I'm listening to it, I have to keep pausing it. Cause I'm like, oh my fucking God, I can't believe they just said that. And when Sydney and I talk, that's how we talk. And I'm just so happy it's going to be a part of this podcast because when we talk and we do that, I'm like, we are the funniest people that ever lived. We are so funny. Listen,
1: everybody stop trying. We're funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me just
0: give you the la- lay of the land. Um, We're the boss and the no boss. one trumps us.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't anyway, want to hear that word casually. I know. As soon as I said my it, my I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> i was watching like some period drama last night and they were talking about the new clergyman and then they were talking about the old clergyman they were like poor trump was never up to snuff and i was like oh my fucking god ain't that the truth yeah (laughs) that should be on a shirt that's a good quote for sure but not poor because i don't feel bad for him no no they trump (laughs) shit down trump
0: he never shut down ever he never ever. has shit down in his life
1: <laughs> yes, and you can tell some of y'all have never shit down in your life and ah! it shows ah! oh shit oh, okay God. so what happened
0: well after you kept ian up until one in the morning reading the lights
1: <laughs> i eventually just turned it off and i was playing like a video game and as it always happens like once you just remove yourself from it i feel mm-hmm. like like an hour later, I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. Yep. And I haven't gone back to do it yet, but I did write it down in my, like, my little handy-dandy notebook. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know where to go from here. But like, artist block is so fucking frustrating because I yes. feel like it's just like a perpetuating cycle of like, I hate myself because I can't do this thing. Right. But really, it's makes just, a bit more.
0: yeah, your brain just overloaded. It needs like a fucking second to think about what you've been giving it. You've clogged up
1: the the passage. You need to give it a second and then exactly. you're fine. I told my sister and she was like the moon wants you to stop. And I was like, listen. Because the full moon was over the weekend. And it's been crazy. It's been crazy. And like I'm not very good at listening to myself, let alone the moon. So there you go. I know. Yeah. So um,
0: well, that's I'm glad that you did that because I actually think at least I've started to do that with like my painting It's like I actually get up and take a break and sometimes I don't work on stuff for weeks and then I rem- figure out how to finish it. But like when I was younger artists, that felt like failure because it that's the longer time it takes to make money. And mm-hmm. so I would just force stuff and it sucked. It was terrible because I was
1: forcing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, see, don't don't force it. Yeah, put shit down. See, that's a problem. That's that's. I know, it. it's finding yeah, the balance. It's sometimes what you need, it's sometimes yeah. what you need. But you know I I have like several concurrent novels, and I know it sounds like a humble brag, but they're all very very far from done. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to kind of float between them, and that's one of the reasons I can't mm-hmm. do this professionally because i would be like, "Cool, you have a deadline," and I'd be like, "That's nice. I need to go write this pirate novel for right. like three months." <laughs> yeah so and, you're gonna have to wait and you have to <laughs> subtract that <laughs> you have to
0: give me an extra three months on the back end so exactly yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah so it wouldn't work out super well but and it's you know. hard because of like okay let's
0: say that you get to have several books published that you're making a living <laughs> off of and then you start working on a new project that time it takes between you being able to like Reap the benefits of the rewards of the first book between being able to write your next one is so huge, and it
1: totally just kills the creative like practice. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. And I think you know, like I like I always said, I really think that it's awesome when people want to read my work, and it makes me really happy when people want to read my work. And I think I could probably find a way to make it work. Like I'm definitely not saying I'll never try and publish, Mm -hmm. but just like who I am as a human. Mm -hmm. it's just it's a little combative with the (laughs) (laughs) press. yeah yeah Yeah, it's so stressful
0: I know what you're saying um because like okay so I make a bunch of pieces right that I put a bunch of time and energy into and I want to do some stuff with them because I'm like that was a lot of out of me I need to do Mm -hmm. something with them stickers or bookmarks or just Edit, taking pictures and editing and just uploading them is such an effort it takes forever for each yeah. one because the editing alone is like could be days you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that I when it's time to start working on stuff again I'm like I don't want to that took yeah. so long that took forever and I, I wanted yeah. to share it because it was like a big thing that I did but now I'm like I don't want to work on anything new because it takes so long
1: to do the rest of it Yeah. It's like, it's like making a new friend, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're going to be so worth it. And I'm really going to enjoy getting to know you, but (laughs) God damn it. I don't want to hear the small talk first. Yeah. Can we just get
0: into like the real deep childhood trauma and just get it over with level 10? Just, we just jump, you know, (laughs) which is so nice when we met, because I think we started at like level six, you know, like just for no reason, except we just did. Yeah.
1: We just did. I think we were, well, you know, we went in the restaurant, Fizz, so that, that Mm -hmm. just, we don't have time for Trauma bond. (laughs) Trauma bond. (laughs) It was a horrible place. Remember, we saw somebody die
0: (laughs) in the back parking lot that overdosed. Do you remember Oh my God, I forgot it. Totally
1: fucking smothered that into my brain. I'm sorry that I brought it up. That's why we're so close. We saw (laughs) someone die together. (laughs) We saw someone die together. Holy shit! I completely (laughs) forgot about
0: that. I'm not laughing that somebody died. I'm laughing at the fact that like that was taken away.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and like we don't know that he's dead, but he was pretty dead. He was pretty dead.
0: But that's like the craziness of like growing up and working your first couple of jobs and those people that you meet. Some of them you'll be friends with. For the rest of your life. Because you're like, mm-hmm. did we do that together? Was that us? <laughs> did that happen? Did that happen?
1: Yeah. my, I think of my like top five closest friends. I met mm-hmm. two of them at that job. And you're one of them. Mm-hmm. And another one I met in college. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also <laughs> crazy. Also yeah. a horrible time yeah. to exist. Yeah. Oh my God. I completely forgot about that. That's so crazy.
0: And I think it helps Ooh. that we're artists different kinds of artists but the art that we have speaks kind of similarly to us Mm -hmm. you know Mm
1: -hmm. and that I
0: think adds this like extra
1: layer to our relationship oh totally absolutely I feel like I can talk to you about like and I feel like you get me without having to try that hard like I feel like I can just be like this shit you know and you're like Do I fucking know? (laughs)
0: Like, I actually have
1: a five-page
0: intro to my thesis that I'm working on in that. I will send it over to you right away.
1: If you'll turn your attention to my PowerPoint presentation, you'll find. So, and and that's why I was so happy when you and Abby started your
0: podcast, because then that was like something we could collaborate on, which not that we can't with like um, writing and like my photography, it's just doesn't it's not as smooth of a collaboration right but your podcast and my painting
1: now that's something that can collaborate really easily very easily no and I I think it works super well and that was so cool when you mentioned that and you're like oh I could do these these arts and I was like please 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 that's the coolest thing fucking ever
0: (laughs) but it's that's that's the kind of favorite thing that's the kind of stuff with deadlines that is fun because yeah. it's something that you have more like creative liberty over.
1: Totally. What it is. You yeah. Know? I yeah. I don't think I think there have been several times where I was like, here's a super vague topic, and you were like, cool, I'm just gonna fucking hash something out. <laughs> right. It exactly. worked very well. I just sure yeah. I'm swearing a lot.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. I am. I'm a bad influence. <laughs> I found out in my last episode with Cassandra and Kelly, because Cassandra, before we started recording, is like, yeah, I'm trying to cuss less, and I'm like, oh, because you cuss a lot with me, and she's like, I know, because you cuss a lot, and I was like, damn it, and I cuss, (laughs) fuck, Fuck.
1: (laughs) I'm a bad influence. You're a month and a half older than me. So you're a bad influence on I me for sure. I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> I
0: am a bad influence. And that really upsets me because I thought I was really no. responsible. I'm just kidding. You're a great
1: influence. I'm just kidding. No, it's, oh the, it's the
0: like dark humor. I'm like, yes, do mm. it. Say it. Say it. And, and then I'm like, I can't believe I said that. I'm like, say more. I'm
1: such a bad influence in that way it's cool I'm a huge enabler people are like you know (laughs) I only have three more dollars but I really want to spend this $2.50 thing I'm like fucking do it do it star
0: yeah so I think um we bring out the best in each other is what we're trying to say
1: we're trying to say the best worst in each other for sure (laughs) Um, that's amazing
0: you know I was thinking has it been like almost a year that your podcast
1: started So yeah, I think we started in May. And so yeah, that'll be a year. I mean, we technically were recording before that. We recorded Mm -hmm. about four or five maybe Mm -hmm. before we went ahead and released them. And one of them was because Abby was really, really, I think it was our third episode. Abby was super, super sick. This Mm -hmm. was before, or it was during, but I think it was like a allergic reaction and not like a COVID thing. Mm -hmm. But she was just not well. And so she recorded this episode and she was like, could we not release that so it was a little further <laughs> so i think we recorded we released three at a time sometime in may and we've been going mm. since then and just now we're trying to decide if we want to do a season premiere or just keep going forever into eternity
0: <laughs> yeah that we did talk about that you're like well with 40 episodes ends or, or like 38 you're like that's kind of a yeah. weird Okay that's the end of season one. Like season one a year long. Yeah well yeah um I was gonna say what has it turned into for you? Like was it what you expected? Has it become something you didn't see coming? What was your like hope when you guys started the pod?
1: You know with my sister things are not usually what you expect them to be. (laughs) So what I kind of expected was, you know, partially just a way for us to keep close. I mean, not that she and I are ever in danger of not being so close, exactly. but it was just, <laughs> yeah, my sister and I are the same person. Yeah, just a little, but one's a little smaller. One's a little smaller. <laughs> so right before COVID hit, I was really like dragging my feet in life in general. And I was like, I'm really bored. I don't have a lot of like intellectual stimulation. Right. I was in a horrible reading rut. I could not pick up a book to save my life. And if you know me, like, that's, that's not cool. Yeah, it's a big deal. So I was, um, I was really feeling that. And I remember calling my sister and I was like, Hey, you know, I think it'd be really cool if we did a podcast. And this was like, I think August of 2019. And she was like, yeah, I'd really like that. And I was like, okay, I could tell you stories. And it turned Mm -hmm. into us telling each other stories. But what it really turned into for me was basically I write a 10 page research paper every two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I hated being a student. You remember you were there. Mm -hmm. I I hated (laughs) college, but I really miss the constant stimulation of it. I really miss, you know, getting to pursue my interests in an academic way. And so it was kind of very quickly became an opportunity for me to, get back into the mindset of research so I can mm-hmm. do my own even non-podcast research much more easily now mm-hmm. um, it allows me to pursue a lot of my interests especially because it's such a broad we use a very broad definition of the word folklore right and what it is kind of and I'm not sure when this will ever become a thing but I now kind of want to write a non-fiction book about the significance of ghosts oh, like fuck yeah yeah, <laughs> like yeah. thank yeah. awesome. <laughs> thank you. Well,
0: a, I'm like your biggest fan ever. Sydney's like, so I'm thinking about this. I'm like, oh my God, please
1: write that. <laughs> so appreciate that, that sounds so interesting. Well, I'm really fascinated by, oh, thank you. I'm really fascinated by the context of ghost stories. So, like, whenever there's mm-hmm. a war, like a really bad one, especially, you always mm-hmm. hear, like oh, she, she was widowed before her marriage and now she waits on the widow's walk for her fiance to return Mm -hmm. from the war and that's like such a common trope that you see and they're very situational and I just I don't have a lot of like a Hmm. psychology background but I'd be very interested to sort of talk to psychologists and kind of explore like okay this theme was super common in ghost stories at this time in this situation why
0: and that would be interesting because it would change geographically
1: yeah, absolutely. You know? Actually, um, where I first sort of got the first inkling of this idea was in my linguistics class, excuse me, <clears throat> in my linguistics class in college. And I really wish I had taken this class a lot sooner because it probably would have been a double major for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took it like second semester junior year. So I was oh, like, I need late. to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. it <was> too late. <laughs> but it was fascinating. And one of the things they talked about, so there was this article and I wish I knew the name of it but it was basically this woman who went to, um, I believe it was a country in South America. I apologize. I don't know which one. And she spoke with local people there about Hamlet, about Shakespeare's Hamlet Mm -hmm. and kind of just like told them the story and then just listened as they discussed it among themselves and how they were like, oh no, this is not a ghost. This is like, you know, this local lore, or it's this, mm. you know, it just the way people linguistically mm-hmm. handle the same story is fascinating. And the way they culturally handle the same story is really, really interesting. And I wish I'd been totally. a linguist, but I didn't do it. And uh, <laughs> maybe someday, maybe if I yeah. ever, uh, can, can get rid of these godforsaken student loans, <laughs> I can go to graduate school. But I'm just really fascinated by the. So there's this thing called the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, and it's Mm -hmm. bullshit. I'm going to type it anyway. (laughs) And it's this idea (laughs) that the language you speak changes the way your brain works. And it's not quite that simple. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it doesn't really, you know, hold up because there's a lot of other factors. Mm -hmm. But did you ever see the movie Arrival? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, like how she's you know, talking to these freaky cephalopod beasts yeah, and they have a whole different context because time is different for them. Exactly, I feel like that's, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's so fascinating. <laughs> and I'm obsessed this. with this idea of your background changes the way things are looked at so I definitely feel mm-hmm. like ghosts is kind of a cool focal point to latch onto to to mm-hmm. explore that idea
0: especially because there are so many places with similar stories of this of a similar cryptid but it's just adapted mm-hmm. to where they live it's just adapted yeah. to like who lived there at that time
1: Absolutely like every almost every continent in the world has a story of dragons.
0: Yeah. Or I you did one on um vampires an episode and yeah that was so interesting and werewolves because it was just like a little bit different, just like a slightly bit different, but you knew that it was still a vampire.
1: And that was so wild to me. I think it's so crazy and that's one thing that I think this podcast has really done for me is helped me make these connections mm-hmm. between the stories we tell each other and I think it's made me I mean I hope mm-hmm. it's made me a better storyteller in general thinking about things differently
0: and how the yeah. perspectives would be different
1: definitely and even from a different perspective as my own sister who I thought was right. just me but shorter right and is in fact is shorter and blonder <laughs> is in fact a whole other person with different perceptions so it's been very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's very cool.
0: Um, because, you, because you're recording with somebody that you think you know so well. And I, everyone I've had on my podcast has been a friend or been, yeah, has been a friend and somebody I know. But some people I don't know as well. And like, Chris was blowing my mind the other day when we were talking about life after religion. Like, and I know Chris pretty good. But like, I don't know them that well. And so it was fun to like explore uh, a different relationship and a different lens because in this circumstance, we're talking under the assumption that it's going to be a deep conversation and that we're going to get into Definitely. stuff right away. You know? Definitely.
1: And I think people are a lot more open to opening up. Yeah. Oddly when they're being recorded or when <laughs> they're being broadcasted because people are listening.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I really didn't expect that of myself even but there have been several times on the podcast where I got really real and then I was like oh sorry listeners might <laughs> my my be I love it because you're like
0: I'm sorry but I'm not sorry because it's my podcast so and Abby's I'm like sorry. yeah it is her podcast
1: <laughs> yeah she lets me believe that
0: hey there I just wanted to take a sec to remind you that I just recently updated my Etsy shop. Um, There are bookmarks, prints, and new stickers. There's a couple holographic stickers left and a couple of baby shroom pod stickers. Um, I'm also thinking I'm going to do some kind of giveaway when I hit 200 listens. So make sure you check out for that in my, um, probably my Instagram stories or posts, um, baby shroom art on Insta. And I'm hopefully going to be shooting some new stuff today. So um, keep an eye out on my Instagram for some new babies on the way. Okay, back to the episode. your like hope that people would get out of your podcast because we were talking about this the other day about like what we hope people gather from our art and I just yeah about your podcast and about your writing
1: right the whole topic of the podcast episode yes Um,
0: (laughs) after we've been talking for uh, at least an hour yes 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 we should get (laughs) to the topic
1: I should get to the topic so (laughs) My go-to answer to this question is always that I have felt in my life that it is sort of a destiny of mine to keep other people company, but I'm Mm. not very good at looking people in the eye. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I always kind of love the idea of writing a story that kind of gets somebody through a rainy day or, you know, making a podcast episode that entertains somebody while they're driving to a boring job or, right. Because. You know, not to like, well, to make it personal, that's kind of how I got through pretty much all the bad parts of my life, especially this last year. Right. I have a couple of podcasts that I listen to just all the time and they really got me through a lot, but also my own podcast definitely kept me going. Mm-hmm. And like my parents, they didn't have podcasts back then, but my my parents' divorce books really got me through that. I was actually talking to my husband, Ian, about this, about a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read those?
0: No, um, but Frankie did. They were like his favorite oh, books. They? And I read them. I read a few of them when I got older. Like I was already like 20.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I read those. I think I read the first one when I was 11. And the last one came out when I was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. So there's 13 Damn, of them. Damn, he wrote and those I, fast. He wrote them fast. I mean, I think they came out sooner than that. Hmm that was just when i picked them up was when i was 11 oh okay okay but in a way they kind of taught me how to read <laughs> interesting yeah cuz i can see that influence in, influence in your writing,
0: writing. Oh, can sorry. you <laughs> oh just the like <laughs> topics uh, or like the things that you're interested in talking about
1: yeah i definitely feel like they have been a huge part of what made me as a as a writer but they um yeah, like I said, I started reading them when when I was about eleven, which was the year my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. and I read them and I remember every time I finished one, my mom is such like a badass and she was so supportive, especially because I had such a hard time reading because of my learning disability mm-hmm. that every time I'd finish one, we'd just get in the car and go get the next one.
0: <laughs> That's so sweet. So That's sweet. a good. Yeah. Mom.
1: She's the best and it was it was really good for me and it really helped a lot. And I remember, the twelfth one. I finished the twelfth one, and I was like, "Okay, mom, I need the next one." She was like, "Honey, it, this one just came out," and I was like devastated. What, and then the- what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I need it. <laughs> so finally, I I got to finish that last one, and and finishing that series was like saying goodbye to an old friend. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Like that was. Oh yeah, but you know they used to make me think about things they used to make me wonder there was all kinds of cool like he, he used to slip in a lot of like fun facts or like yeah. you know oh you could like read into this and spend an entire day reading about this little thing that he mentioned offhand and it was really really crucial to mm. me as a kid and so I always kind of wanted to do that for other people just like here's a really cool thing to sit and think about for a while mm. so I guess company but interesting company yeah <laughs> intellectual company
0: um like an escape from whatever crappy situation you're in right now but in like a healthy really fun comforting way we'll like go and do that together kind of
1: thing yeah like a little little cozy academia hmm i yeah. think that is like
0: the sweetest thing i've ever heard <laughs> <And> so <laughs> i love that thank you well huh. what about you what, what do you want your art to mean to other people yeah, it's funny because I thought we were going to have like very similar answers, which we do, but it's a little, it's just a little bit different. Like for me, at least with the podcast, for sure, with my art, it's a little bit different, but I wanted it to be like something somebody could learn from. Cause that, for me, it was like, I always was looking for some like sense of direction. Not that I really, not that I didn't have it, but I had working class parents who had job crazy hours at their jobs. And I spent a lot of time, like alone, figuring it out, you know, Um, and my sister had already moved out. And so I was just always looking for like direction and what to do next. And even into my adulthood, I was telling Franco, I think I finally reached the age where I'm going to stop looking for other moms and dads everywhere I go. But it's like so hard not to like just looking for who's the person here that's going to be my work mom (laughs) or give me direction, you know.
1: Now totally.
0: I have coworkers doing that to me, or kids doing that to me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm the mom now." Oh no, I'm the work <laughs> mom now. <laughs> so um, that's what I kind of wanted out of the podcast because I have a like a variety of friends with a large variety of interests. You know, um, I I just I think I have really interesting friends, and not just because you guys are like my friends, but because it's like. Things we talk about where I think, damn, I've never thought of that before. And like, wanted to share that and maybe give people a feeling of direction, a feeling of like safe curiosity. And it's not like an advice podcast or anything, just of like, have you ever thought about this? What does this Mm -hmm, make you think about? You know? And last week after that yoga episode, um, Kelly shared with me that somebody had listened to it in India and got a lot out of it, like, one of her former students, and I was, like, that's crazy, because that's, like, my dream is, like, somebody Mm -hmm. I don't know hearing it and getting some sense of advice or direction,
1: you know? Absolutely, yeah, because, I mean, like, I I think most of my listeners are people I know, but we do have several listeners that I don't know, and I'm, like, oh, god, like, what, what did, what is their impression of, like, (laughs)
0: So what are they getting what out I, of this what are they getting out of this oh that sounded really she
1: really douchey- <laughs> I,
0: I didn't mean to say it like that <laughs> like
1: no, no, what are they fucking no, no. getting out of this no 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 <laughs> that's not what I meant at all I meant like I was directing at it myself yeah. your podcast is awesome and I think it's great because I think it's real and I think it's you know, I feel like it's, it's listening to it is like talking to a couple of like really fascinating people mm, and just you. kind of getting their insights. Yeah, no, I think I, I did not mean that. Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just no, no, no.
0: But like out of yours, I super get like, I'm hanging out with my friends and we're just talking about some like weird shit off the internet. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like we're just chilling, we're just vibing and hanging out and telling each other stories.
1: That's, that's my favorite kind of, of podcast. That's my favorite kind of hangout, too. Like, mm-hmm. I have this this friend who will remain unnamed, but she has this story where she, this, if, if anyone's local, I don't know who I'm talking about, but um, her house was hit by a bus once while she what? was inside of it. Yeah. Inside yeah, the bus was, or the house? She's inside of the house. Okay. And the bus hit her house. And my favorite thing probably ever about, I mean, she's a wonderful person and she's mm-hmm. a fantastic friend to hang out with. But one of my favorite things is getting to watch her tell people who don't know mm-hmm. that story. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the reactions people have and like, I don't have to right. say a damn word. I can just sit there and like enjoy because she's an amazing storyteller. and She's mm-hmm. hilarious. That's just, that's my favorite kind of, of podcast. That's my favorite kind of story too. It's just mm-hmm. something totally crazy that you've never heard of before and just right. laughing your ass off what's happening having you know? a
0: live reaction to it or somebody <laughs> yeah, else is like what yeah. are you talking about and you're like just wait there's more <laughs>
1: well because there are podcasts like mine where people just talk to themselves but our podcast wouldn't work at all if it wasn't for having the other person there to kind of be the soundboard right right because it's, it's- really important
0: if uh, if you're doing it by yourself then it needs to be like with music and clips from other things and like transitional stuff it's like a different podcast
1: it's a whole different podcast it's like mm-hmm. you know just me talking to myself and laughing at my own jokes because I'm so damn funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> which we could do I would yeah. I laugh at my own jokes all the time and I know <laughs> I know that you do too <laughs> where I say stuff and I'm like fuck I'm the funniest person that ever lived I wish somebody had heard that
1: okay like I don't laugh any harder with like anybody but you like (laughs) same. (laughs) my husband always knows who I'm talking to (laughs) (laughs) oh that's
0: what we were saying our husbands accepted a long time ago that we are some loud girls and we can't help it when we're talking Mm -hmm. to each other um yeah (laughs) what was I gonna say though about that um yeah I did one episode where I recorded by myself of this podcast that's the first right one. your very first one and I thought that's what I wanted and then I listened to it and then immediately texted you and I was like hey do you want to be on the first episode because like
1: this isn't gonna work by myself I remember you were like listen I need you to guest star and I was like fucking I'm shoot, up. <laughs> when? Let's here do we it. go
0: <laughs> and then I'm Sammy right now yeah <laughs> Sammy too I also texted right away Um, because her and her girlfriend had just started a podcast and I was like oh my god I love it so much it's so good they're gonna be on next week I think oh lovely what about with your painting oh so I just finished a big batch of paintings that are sitting right here that I need to photograph and I need to do it today because if I don't do it today, it's just not going to happen. And I need to take pictures of this stuff so I can move on because I have other stuff I want to work on. This is the part I hate so. the most. I don't know if there's a part of the writing process that you hate the most, but this is it for me. I hate mm-hmm.
1: taking pictures of my stuff. I, I hate, you know, I'd say editing. but That's not even true because there's something really cathartic about being like, all of that is bullshit. Get it <laughs> out of my life. But <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think what I hate is searching through something that I've written a while ago but have had to reread a lot of times for like mm. inconsistencies mm-hmm. like I've ever tried to horrible. scour 150 page for tiny minuscule inconsistencies it's horrid <laughs> that I sounds absolutely awful yeah that's like the last thing you do before you start the second draft and I'm like oh my god kill me <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is
0: how I feel having to set up this thing. I am buying a light box, though, so that they're easier to photograph. Oh, I just have never. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never had any interest at all in doing like product photography. It just sounds like the worst
1: kind of photography ever.
0: And so I hate totally. doing it for my product. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, what do you want like your art to mean for other people, as well. Oh right. Duh, the
0: topic of the podcast. (laughs) Obviously we're professionals at this.
1: (laughs) Okay, listen, bitch. Stay on topic. Your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um
0: for me, um, I want my art to be kind of like a light way of exploring really dark topics. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started painting, it was very, very dark. It was all in acrylic and like really depressing and like couldn't be Mm -hmm. more depressing because I thought that was the only way for it to be like real art in air quotes. (laughs) What is real art? Like it's art to somebody. Somebody likes it. It's a human condition. You
1: you spit on the canvas. That's art. Yeah. And somebody will pay it
0: a lot of money for that and be like a world-renowned collector of your stuff because it's art to them mm-hmm. so anytime I sell stuff on Etsy especially to people who buy it more than once I'm like you want more of this what's wrong <laughs> with you but like <laughs> it's art to somebody they like it yeah. you know but anyway oh yeah. so then when I got um, a little bit older I was more interested in exploring like a balance between the two somehow striking like a whimsical touch to something really sad. Um, And then in the beginning of COVID, I started like for real painting just for myself and for no other reason. And it's been like this thing I can't stop. It's like, even if I wanted to stop tomorrow and never paint again, I don't think I can. And it's funny because it's a medium I never ever considered Mm-hmm. I never thought I would put stuff on paper because I thought I was just really bad at it because I believed a lot of people who told me that it wasn't good, but it's not good in like a traditional sense. It's good in the sense I like it. And mm-hmm. whenever I make stuff that I feel that way about, I see other people like
1: it a lot more than the stuff I'm trying to make to look good. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally, absolutely. And I, I feel like I can I can relate like word for word. My very first stories were, same thing like I thought I had to like write things that were real and dark and ultimately I was writing those things (laughs) ultimately I was writing about things that I did not fucking understand like you know just because they were edgy and dark and like I thought that meant that they were real but I remember I had this story workshopped in like sophomore year of college and I still remember like people being like it doesn't really feel like you're writing from your experience and Mm -hmm. I think that kind of shook me more than anything into being mm-hmm. like okay maybe I just need to do what I want to do right why and are we trying
0: to force this to be
1: something else exactly and that was not not sophomore year of high school or college but a couple of years later was when I started writing Underhill Hall which is a the love
0: of my life it's so incredible <laughs>
1: It's It's Dungeons and Dragons meets Jane Austen and if there's anything more me I have yet to find it. And it was the most fun I've ever had in my life.
0: (laughs) You could add some more cats and then it would be even more you but like I've never read something that's more the person who wrote it. That's so nice. Thank
1: you. And like I I remember having that story workshop like just the first chapter Mm -hmm. and this was like in a post college writing group and it was very divided of people who just like got it and were like yes Yes. absolutely and people who were like what the fuck am I looking at and Mm -hmm. I was like not for you I'm gonna pay attention to these people (laughs) right because when you're trying to make something that you think will be
0: pleasing to everybody it's not good to anyone it's just like like commercial weird I don't know what this person's trying to say but when you write it true to yourself then yes you have the people who are like this is everything to me I will die with this if I have to like You know, and then that makes it more black and white for people who are like, what the hell is this? But that's how you kind of know you're doing it right, is you have your people and then, excuse you, I got to take my vitamins.
1: (laughs) Monique, take your vitamins. Health is important. (laughs) I'm like a thousand
0: years old. I have to set a vitamin reminder. I won't take them. Anyway.
1: Oh my God. I don't know what I was saying, but <laughs> I think you were getting what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's 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 not a bad thing to be niche. Yeah. Because the people who get it are going to get it so much. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't, I think that things that appeal to everybody are ultimately like pretty boring.
0: Yeah, because there's something so like bland and like whatever about it. It doesn't make you feel anything. Sometimes there's stuff that I fucking hate and that's what makes me like it you know yeah. like John Green yeah. makes me so mad and that's why I love him because he can oh like God, bring out worst. this crazy feeling in me that I and then as I'm reading and I'm like oh, you're incredible fuck you man <laughs> you're awesome
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. I feel the same way about John Green like I've read all of his books made me furious, but I've read almost all of them. Yeah, because they're great. <laughs> but they make great. you so mad. I know. <laughs> so Any, mad.
0: The things that I do that are, like, the most niche, like, you know, that pink baby girl alien? who's like It's, like, my her. most favorite thing I've ever created. It's that's so best. weird. It's the thing people like the most. The ones that I, I just, like, am, like, I'm, like, I'm going to draw the weirdest thing I possibly can. And those are ones where people are like, yeah, this is it. So that's, like... Uh-huh. Just go with it, then. Whatever the weird thing is that you like, the internet gives you the capability, as awful as the internet can be, to find the group of people that love you. And if you just stick with yeah. it, it
1: will turn into something. You know, you have to be honest. You know, I I took this um, master class from Neil Gaiman, who you mm-hmm. know I is this my boy? Yeah, and uh, my boy Neil and <laughs> B. B. <laughs> that's Neal. one thing, BB Neil. <laughs> i talked about him in every episode of the friends of folklore by the way just so y'all know what you're getting into pirates and, and <laughs> neil
0: gaiman in every episode
1: the friends of pirates and neil gaiman is actually what it is and <laughs> even if it's an art mine i'm like abby you know what that reminds me of yeah. like she's like we all know <laughs> we know yeah three guesses uh <laughs> He did this master class. And one of the things he stressed a lot that really, really stuck with me was like, you have to be honest mm-hmm. and honestly, you have to be maybe a little more honest than you're comfortable with being. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's that, it's that uh, balance of vulnerability in your work, because that is the work that's the most compelling. Actually, I was just talking uh, with someone, with Lenore. Um, mm mm-hmm my friend one of my friends from work about like incredible actors like we were talking about al pacino and how like his early work is just so remarkable and then later in life he took like comedies and like b movies but because could you imagine like living in the mental state he must have had to to give those performances for years on end like you sign up to have the worst day of your life every day every day for you for yeah. the godfather for like five oh my years, God. Um, so I don't blame him for later in life being like, you know what? <laughs> I don't feel like being that vulnerable anymore
1: and being that much on show. Well, you know, I think there's actually like another kind of vulnerability to his later work because I can think of two instances, and of course, one's the old game. And again, I'm sorry. Um, in Stardust, <laughs> <I'm not> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yes, I love Stardust. Yeah. I love Stardust, and I think it was called like the internship or something like that. It has Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. But I think there is another kind of vulnerability and kind of letting go of that, like, mm-hmm. persona of a very serious, honestly, macho dude, and kind of letting himself fall back into like a silly older man, because that's what he is now. Yeah, and
0: I feel that way in my work, too. The more I drop this, like, this has to mean this, and more of just like, well, you're going to be what you're going to be, and I'll figure it out when it's done.
1: That, oh yeah, that's a big that's part of it. That's the work I prefer. Definitely. Now, every time I, the other day I was writing something and I was coming out horrible, and I was like, "I'm not trying to be Karl Marx over here." And he was like, "Then why are you trying to be Karl Marx?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, good point."
0: <laughs> He's like, "I know what you say you're trying not to do, but here's the
1: craziest
0: thing ever." <laughs>
1: It's like exactly quoting Rousseau. Doing. And I like. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, is you don't, especially like, I don't know how much this, this translates to art, you'll have to tell me, but I feel like, or with painting rather, but mm-hmm. so with writing, your feelings can't not come through. Yes. 100%. It would be way harder. Yeah, it'd be way, way harder to write a story that's completely unbiased. Than to write one where you're like, you know, you're going out of your way to make a very solid point. Right. Like just let it come through on its own and it'll get there.
0: Yes. The work that I have tried to force a idea on like the ones I hate the most and honestly have not kept or not even photographed because I they I hated it. And the ones that I'm just like, ah, oh, this is what it is. And then I finish it. I'm like, that's exactly what I was trying to say in the last thing. What the hell? But it's because mm-hmm. I got out of my own way in it.
1: Yeah and there are some stories where like you don't have to try super hard to make yourself come through and they become so personal that like i have this novel that will never see the light of day mm-hmm. um and it's about these twin sisters with an absentee father mm-hmm. and they he goes missing and they kind of have to like deal with each other and this situation and there's also the ghost of a woman who was burned in the Salem witch trials involved and it's huh. everyone but, who's read it is like this is really good and I'm like I can't yeah it's not I wrote it for my siblings and my mother and to kind of help face you know mm-hmm. our shared trauma mm-hmm. And uh, that's all it can ever be. And I think that's still valid, you know?
0: Yes, because it did serve exactly the purpose it was supposed to. And just because you're not going to sell it and make money off of it does not make it an invalid piece of art.
1: That's right. That's the moral of the podcast episode. Also, I'm going to need
0: a copy of that, like, yes, ma'am. stat, because I knew the first <laughs> half, but you did not mention the witch half, and that changes
1: everything. Like, now I have to read it. <laughs> you absolutely can. You should note, though, that there are parts of that novel that I have blatantly taken and reused <laughs> elsewhere, because I knew it would never <laughs> be seen okay. by, like, a publisher. So yeah. just, some of it might look familiar to you. Just keep okay. that in mind. But yeah, I'll send it okay. to you.
0: <laughs> That sounds good to me. Um, that's just interesting I wonder because I think about this sometimes too when Franco's like in the room writing I get it because I write but I don't get it because I don't write the way that he does where he writes these long pieces I don't get that because I can't I literally mentally can't do it um, and yeah. I wonder if he ever feels that way when he comes in and sees me painting and how like he draws he knows what that's like but that I have this like insatiable need come here and sit in the same spot for like five hours painting a tiny canvas like I don't know what do you think about that when you see other types of art are you ever
1: just like that's so cool but I don't get it you know I actually do I can't write short fiction I can't do it it's I just can't I've written one short story that I think was a short story but every other short story I've tried always ends up being a novel right and I think that's just my medium but I think yeah, I definitely, I can look at somebody writing a short story. Or I can look at somebody painting because all I paint are frogs. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> I love the I watch frogs. period dramas. Yes. <laughs>
1: there's a kitty on your
0: yeah, desk. A table, <laughs> I mean a table, a tail in my face and slightly <laughs> on screen. <laughs> and it's very crooked because Scully's tail is crooked.
1: She wanted oh, to give some cool. cat ASMR. So yeah, she was like, I got you. I'm going to sniff this microphone. I can definitely look at somebody else and be like, "I know exactly how you feel." I don't understand how you're doing that that way. That's me. I'm trying
0: not to laugh. Scully's tail was just like right in my face, like you touching had like my a lips.
1: Tail mustache. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, I'm sorry that I started laughing. I'm going to preface this episode in the intro that we laugh for like at least ten minutes out of. The episode okay but yeah. yeah so you do get it where you see some stuff or like um like um digital art I think is so yeah. cool and so beautiful and it's the way of the future and I can't do it I can like do yeah. a background but then I feel like I'm gonna die
1: <laughs> but I wish I, I could it. do it or like yeah um... no, I right, go ahead um, it, it's not like even that you never will it's just mm-hmm. not where you're at right now right and I think I've read some of Franco's work and like even to the point where he and I write in such different genres that I'm so like this different. is fucking so different and I'm like this is fucking incredible I don't even think on this wavelength <laughs>
0: right <laughs> and, but, and vice versa I know he doesn't think in like the fantastical kingdoms that you create because that's not his genre (laughs) like not that he doesn't think about it but that's so crazy that even like within one category of art there's such different versions of it Franco's writing is unreal and it's like
1: the same thing where
0: he reads stuff to me and I'm like how did you even think about that but it's also not
1: what I write about either so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just very it's wild it's wild and I think that's one of the coolest things about and that's why I'm like, this is not a skill. This is a behavior. Mm. You know, this is not, it's essential to me. Yeah. But it's not like this sacred thing. It's, it's part of what makes me a human, mm-hmm. but everyone does it so differently that how can you even compare it? Right. And then commodify it. And what yeah. does that say about the
0: art that's being commodified or those artists yeah. themselves?
1: Yeah. It's very like, interesting. How do you decide what's worthy? Mm-hmm. and is it like there's definitely (laughs) sorry no go ahead there are definitely some things i've read that i'm like cool (laughs) cool cool cool. um i'm gonna put this down yeah forever not for me Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. i don't know why you've explained where that person is standing 14 (laughs) times not my business just gonna walk away (laughs) moving on moving on but you know it's if it if it achieved for that person what writing achieves for me on a personal level then it's worthy and then this is also the crazy thing about
0: the way the internet exists now is you don't need anyone's permission to do any level of art now you know Mm -hmm. um you don't have to make a living off of it. it could just be a fun thing you do on the side and you don't have to get any approval for people to see it so it's like if you have this insatiable need to create you can and share it however you want, you know. And you'll find a niche. Like if the yeah. if you just stick with it, because it takes five or six years to see any benefit from sticking with something, you will find a group of people who will love it
1: and support you. Absolutely, that's a, that's another interesting point. How old were you when you really started, like seriously, committing your time and energy to this medium, to painting? Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, okay. So like to art in general, because I started in film and photography, it was like 13, um, which was my first like field of working in in terms of art. But in terms of like painting, I painted a little bit in high school, but I didn't really start like seriously devoting time to it till I was like 24, 25 maybe. And it's only been a few years, but I just by sticking with it for a couple of years consistently look at how different it is now,
1: you know? I was going to say, you're so good for oh. only since you were 24. <laughs> oh my Thank god.
0: You. Well, like I painted before, but it wasn't I, I wasn't like really that into it, or I thought I was just bad at it, you know? But like, like I said, Maybe once you decide to stop associating it with money, and you just do it consistently for you, it turns into mm-hmm. exactly what you wanted it to be.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think that what I will probably do if I do decide to publish is I will try to publish things I have already finished Mm -hmm. or at least finish to the degree that I can finish them. Right. And that way I don't have to be like, oh, let me make sure I write this chapter by the end of the day because that'll never work. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) I think um, I've been writing seriously since I was probably about 13. I have Mm -hmm. this, oh God, I'm not going to tell you where it is because you'll tell Ian and he's going to find it. Okay. I have this little blue binder uh-huh. full of loose leaf, wide ruled paper. Yes. Where yeah. I wrote. Do you need yeah. to take your vitamins?
0: No, <laughs> I, I forgot that I just hit snooze on it and I didn't turn it off. And I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have this, this binder, wide ruled, loose leaf paper. And I wrote a trilogy.
0: Yes. Hard quote. For the people who Hard are watching quote. our private Zoom meeting, <laughs> <laughs> for all you Hard background folks,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, a trilogy which is base. It's basically Pirates of the Caribbean meets X Men. Excuse me. So the pirates all have like superpowers, and oh they're God. all teenagers, and they never actually do anything no. pirate related. They're just on a <laughs> boat, so they're not and I just pirates they're not pirates at all they never do anything pirate related <laughs> this happened turned into
0: a, a, a serious book the market was the early
1: 2000s like the people would have lost I know. their minds and that's when i was writing it as the early 2000s man and i i think i just stopped mid-sentence just, i was done <laughs> like and that's enough It's <laughs> enough of that and uh, i think it's like God, I'd have to look at it to see how long it actually is. It's written in like pencil, so it's all fucked up. You can't even read most yeah. of it. Yeah, but it's it, really bad. This is what's so
0: funny about like devoting to an art. It's not going to be good for like a
1: long time, for a really long time. Like it's always that's valid. Okay. It's not going to be good for yeah. a long
0: time. And that's why you just have to stick with it. Otherwise, you never get <laughs> out of the bad section, oh, yeah. and then like slowly you discover yourself on the process. I think people get really discouraged because that
1: bad time lasts like a really long time. Like a crazy, I think that there's like that expression where like every pencil has like a million bad drawings in it mm-hmm. before you can get to like, I think that's the same with every keyboard. Like mm-hmm. there's like a million bad, bad words that you got to get through, but then they kind of start making sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think the closest like analogy of actually seeing it through is like an instrument that people can see it in their heads that it sucks for a long time. And then eventually you learn the instrument, but that's mm-hmm. I think applicable to any medium. It's as bad as somebody first starting to play the clarinet. That's still how bad it is until you eventually yep. get good at it.
1: Well, and I think that as, you know, as our generation, I'm sure other generations before us, because this education system has been in place for a billion years Mm -hmm. but the way we educate children I feel like is in some way she's like as like a system you know if you fail at something you failed at it
0: exactly it's very yeah black and white they're they only are learning through punishment and Mm -hmm. following rules and there's no space to explore or contemplate and the teachers who are able to do that um have to accept like lower paying positions or
1: being in trouble all the time Oh, yeah, because, yeah, if I were, like, I mean, it's easy to say if I were a teacher, because I'm very much not a teacher, but I feel like if children were allowed the same grace that adults are allowed, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this didn't go well, let's try it again and make it better.
0: Mm-hmm. While still and having I feel like, expectations, but also, like, oh, yeah. being a little bit more accommodating.
1: Yeah, like, you know, you still have to do it, and you have to do it until it's right, but at least having the opportunity to do it again until it's right, mm-hmm. you know? Like, how many papers did I fail because I did, like, you know, one thing wrong? And it's like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I can kind of learn from that, but it would be nice to have an opportunity to make it. Yeah, can better. I revise it and turn it in again? But you can't because the teacher's under so much pressure
0: to go oh, to the yeah, next section. Yeah. So kids don't learn. They come to high school, like, not being able to read, like, past third grade because they never got the oh, yeah. chance to continue to develop it. Because for some reason the American education system is like, well, they're not meeting the expectation. We'll, we'll just make
1: the expectation higher, and then they'll have to meet it. Doesn't, yeah, make doesn't make any sense. make a lot of sense to me. And like, I just want to make it clear, I am not like shitting on the teachers. Like they no. are fucking working so hard and That's, do yeah. so well.
0: But we're discouraged to. Mm-hmm. We're discouraged to think like that, though.
1: Yeah. To show grace. You got the yep. Yeah, you've tw- got t- you know. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No. No. Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs>
0: That's the rest of the podcast, um, which by the way, this is going to be a really long episode and I'm okay with that. Cause we're having such a good conversation. No, I don't even yeah. care. Um, cool. In teacher school, which I don't know a better way to call it that teacher school. Um, you're taught <laughs> to think like that, but you're also taught, you probably won't have the time to do this. So like you're yeah. taught best practice air quotes but you're also taught taught when you're getting that you're not going to have time to actually do this you just have to try to do your best
1: yeah and like they you know they work so fucking hard and i i if any of my former teachers are listening i'm sorry i didn't mean (laughs) to be like that i was stressed out i was dyslexic and freaked out all the time yes but i had some really amazing teachers like i had this one teacher I think she's part of the reason I went into like studying English in college she's my Mm -hmm. freshman year English teacher Mm -hmm. and we were talking about Romeo and Juliet which I had read on my own like 17 times and I was so bored and she was like listen I know that this is school and like you're not allowed to talk about certain things but like this is a very sexual play so Let's talk about it in that way. And she was like, "What do you thinks happening with Juliet here?" And I was like, "I think she's horny because I was being a <laughs> shitty teenager. And she was yeah. like, "That's fucking right. That's literature, baby. Everyone's horny all the time.' <laughs> like, "What's happening?" I was like, oh <laughs> <my happening?"> God. <laughs> But I think that like teachers, I think that if you can't, you know, show the grace, like, yeah as hard as it is, and like again, that's nobody's fault. I think, like, that level of honesty, though, is also really crucial and important. Like, hey, like, I recognize that we can't redo this, but I want you to know that I see you're progressing and things like that. Yes.
0: Yeah, I, that is the fine line I draw, because I usually will just take getting in trouble and spending more time on a subject, like on a section, than rushing Mm -hmm. through it. I refuse to rush through it, but it's also that of, like, hey, we got to do this section really fast because I'm behind. And then we'll go back to what we were
1: doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the best way to go about it. And I think it's really important for children to see honesty in adults. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, like, let me ask you this, do you ever apologize to your kids?
0: Sometimes, yeah. If I am like, I'm aware that I'm being insane right now. Um, (laughs) And most of the time I feel pretty justified in how I react, but there are times where I'm like, yeah, that wasn't cool. My bad, guys.
1: I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. I think that kids will become better humans if they see adults behaving with grace that they aren't always allowed to behave with, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think like I had a teacher, a couple of teachers where I'm like, you probably should have apologized to me or to somebody else, because I think that things would have gone a lot better if I, you had, <laughs> but I also should have apologized to them a couple of times. because I it's okay. behind some bad behavior. We, we know it's a <laughs> part of the job, but you know, it's funny
0: because sometimes I'm making mistakes in class and I, I joke about it because I'm like, this is a part of what, what learning looks like. And exactly. when kids get stuff wrong, I tell them like, well, I see where you're thinking probably here and that's okay. I'm glad you asked. It's a part of the learning process. And the more I say that, the more comfortable they are with like, They make mistakes and we're like, it's cool. This is what we'll do next time. And then it's fine after that.
1: See, that's because you're a badass teacher. (laughs) And (laughs) I think the point I'm trying to get to is like, when trying to do art and get good at art, I think that same grace that we should be treating our with like yes. should be treating our children with we should also treat ourselves with
0: cuz most of the time our art is coming from our inner child so be like a little mm-hmm. bit softer to them i have made so many pieces where i look at it and i'm like oh that's me as a kid crying again <laughs> how many more times yeah. do i have to paint this but like she still has a lot to say that inner child and we have to be a lot kinder to them cuz then they can resolve their
1: stuff and we can move on exactly and I feel like yeah I, I heard somewhere once I have like all these quotes and I'm like I read this thing once but I never looked at who actually said it but <laughs> we spend, sorry <laughs> we spend our adulthood getting over our childhood mm. mm-hmm. and
0: totally. I think
1: that's pretty true like again with my with my Salem witch trials like book about getting over paternal
0: shit that's exactly fun exactly which is interesting as artists and it's interesting with your friends like most of my friends are artists in one way or another because that's Mm -hmm. just like the kind of person I'm drawn to you know and it's always so fascinating
1: to see their own process through their work
0: and being I've I've never
1: yeah and it's like I've never sat down and said to myself I'm gonna write out this trauma that I experienced like it just happens (laughs) I know
0: it happens better and like a more and a better resolution for yourself when you just let happen organically instead of being like well finally i'm gonna get this out it's not gonna happen like you just have to (laughs) let it happen naturally and then you kind of start to move on without even realizing that's what you've started to do and then you look back and you're like oh yeah that's when that started like did i process something (sighs) wow (laughs) when i was unaware (laughs)
1: Anyway. I like therapy on autopilot it's yeah. great um, um
0: okay so we could i know us if we were not I recording know. right now we would be talking for another two and a half hours and i'm not famous like joe yeah. rogan yet so i can't have a two and a half hour <laughs> podcast <laughs> sounds good uh thank
1: you so much for having me on i hope i didn't yeah. ramble
0: too much no this i love this shit like this is why you and i talk For like the whole day. We're like, we'll just talk for like an hour. Oh my God. We had we had a Zoom dinner the other day for my birthday with Sydney and Ian. And Franco and I sat down and he had the invitation open and it said seven to ten. And I was like, seven to (laughs) ten. We're gonna have a (laughs) three-hour dinner. And lo and behold, without us even trying, what time did we
1: get done? (laughs) Like 10 15. So that was awesome though. That was so fun. Like Like, I talk to you all the time. I forget how much I miss, like, hanging out as, like, couples. Yes, I agree. Yes.
0: Soon. One-fourth of us is vaccinated. We just need the other three-fourths.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really, I really, like, as the one-fourth that is vaccinated, I'm, like, I don't even give a shit that I'm vaccinated. I'm, like, I want everyone I love to be vaccinated, and then I'll feel safe exactly yeah but hopefully like we're on like our way there so weird fingers crossed I know
0: maybe next week I'll find out some more info about me okay I hope, so. I hope so I love you so much this was super fun and how perfect because my second episode was was with Sydney and then my second to last episode is with Sydney so I think we'll
1: just it's have called to do this symmetry
0: baby it's <laughs> called fucking storytelling <laughs> actually we would have I never gotten to the topic without you getting on it so thank you for coming. I got you fam it's kind of a professional I'm not I kidding you're
1: such a professional
0: no you've been doing it longer I get it whatever I'm like fine. bashing I'm my own fine. podcast at spot
1: oh my god I'm such a dick I'm so sorry no I love that about you okay god, I love you thank you so much for having me um yeah. on the dick I hope you'll have me back I,
0: I'll have to symmetry I mean symmetry come on That was just so much fun. I fucking love Sydney. I mean, like, I'm not exaggerating that we could have talked for several more hours. And maybe in the future, I'll have just extra long episodes with her for my patrons. But that was that was really fun. Um, like I was saying in the episode, I'm coming up to the end of this season. So... Uh, My next episode was with Macy and Sammy, and I still have a question mark if I'm going to do one last episode after that. We will see, but I think for the sake of symmetry, (laughs) my season finale will probably be next week. Um, This has just been such a great experience. I can't thank you all enough for listening to this and participating in this because this podcast has been such a safe haven for me through this pandemic and i feel really really grateful to be able to have a space in your day and in your mind and that you want to listen to the crazy things i have to say with my really really fun friends so i i hope that this podcast has been helpful during this time and i hope that you do get something out of it beyond just listening to some crazy girls yelling <laughs> Anyway, I'm rambling, per usual. Um, if you want to find me on social, I'm on Instagram, at BabyshroomArts. Um, uh, my Etsy is also Baby shroom Art, and I will, uh, link my merch shop and my email in the show notes. If you ever want to reach out to me via email, that would be cool. Um please rate and comment for the pod. I saw, oh my God, it like melted my heart. I saw two people left a review on my Apple podcast and that was just so cool to see. So um, yeah, please rate and comment. I think that helps more people find my podcast and I'd love for more people to hear my amazing friends. I will see you next time. Bye.